Alright guys, welcome to the Giants Army Podcast. You are here with Dylan Singer today. And uh, today, we're just going to be talking about a six-round mock draft that I came up with for the Giants. This is almost a perfect scenario for what the New York Giants should be able to do during the 2021 draft. Um, I may be putting out a few mock drafts with a few different scenarios, but today I have one specific scenario with you guys. I'm going to be going through uh, the mock draft. I'm going to be telling you guys information about some of the players, some players you might already know or might have heard of, but we're really going to be going in depth about a few of these guys. And um, yeah, let's just head right into it. By the way, if you guys wouldn't mind, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or Uh, Spotify or something like that if you guys wouldn't mind subscribing sharing with your friends anything like that this is my first podcast so it would mean a lot to me if uh, you guys could spread the word about the podcast if you have other fans that are Giants fans or just want to hear information about uh, draft prospects coming out this year in the 2021 draft class I would also appreciate that so without any further ado guys let's go okay guys so for the first pick uh, for this year's draft for the New York Giants, I'm going to be selecting Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. He is a left tackle, or I guess primarily played left tackle uh, during his collegiate career. He's 6'4", 315 pounds, and he's a senior coming out of this year's draft. Now, a few things about Rashawn Slater. Uh, a lot of people think that he could be used as guard, which is primarily the reason that we're going to be drafting him this high if you guys look at the Giants depth chart for guard we have Zach Fulton who we just recently signed Nick Gates Will Hernandez Shane Lemieux and then we have practice practice squad players Kyle Murphy Chad Slade and Kenny Wiggins uh do any of those names really excite you I guys I just want you guys to just kind of sit here for a second and honestly think like what is this monstrosity that we have at guard here like this is daniel jones's third year and we really need to buff up this interior offensive line i mean also we if matt pert doesn't pan out we don't know if matt pert is going to be the future at right tackle we could also use slater at right tackle or even in another scenario move Slater to left tackle where he primarily plays and move Andrew Thomas over to right tackle where I believe he did play at Georgia uh, before coming over to left tackle with the New York Giants. So um, these are all possibilities here. People think he could be used at guard because he has 33 inch arms which is slightly small for a NFL tackle. Both Matthew Pert and Andrew Thomas both have arms that are way above 36 inches. So 33 inches is a little concerning for an NFL team, but uh, obviously he did excel. He did opt out of the 2020 season. So if you're going to go look at tape of him, you're going to be looking at 2019 tape. So uh, he did opt out for a year. We're going to have to see how he does translate to the NFL after opting out. Some people have concerns with that. Uh, I obviously have not seen the New York Giants draft board, so I don't know how high they have Slater, but I'm sure they would very well, very much consider it at number 11, uh, given our offensive line 
situation this year. And also, it's just a matter of, you know, John Mayer recently spoke to the media and he stated that Gettleman's job doesn't ride on Daniel Jones, or Gettleman's job doesn't decide Daniel Jones is. But honestly, like, this is Daniel Jones' make it or break it year. And he, if he doesn't have time to throw to Kenny Galladay, if he doesn't have time to throw to uh, John Ross, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph, I mean, this season is going to be another failed season. We upgraded at a lot of positions this year. And I honestly feel like interior offensive line and edge rusher is the two biggest needs that is left for the New York Giants. So, you know, we're going with Slater here. He played very well. There's a clip circulating out on Twitter right now where there's a clip of him continuously shutting down Chase Young, who was the previous number two overall pick in 2020 in this past year's draft. Uh, He played very well against Chase Young, and obviously we played Chase Young twice a year. So it would be very nice to have Rashawn Slater on our offensive line even though Andrew Thomas did very well against uh, Chase Young this year, it's just another added benefit to have him on this line. Uh, if you guys look at a bit of his tape, he has nice cutoff ability, uh, and he has very good footwork in space. He can man the line, which is something that you want in a guard or a tackle. Um, and yeah, so like this is something that could be a very good Pro Bowl all pro pick for the Giants that uh, we just might need to seal the deal here in this first round. And like I said, he can hold his own in the interior. So, so a lot of NFL prospects sometimes that are coming out as tackles can't really uh, move into guard or something like that. But a lot of drafts have him as moving into a guard, and that's exactly what we need. So for the first pick, we're going Rashawn Slater. All right, guys. So if you're a Giants fan like me with the next pick here, you know that edge rusher is an an enormous need for the Giants here. We only have, I would say, three, maybe four, if you're going to count Leonard Williams. Uh, decent edge rushers on the team being Lorenzo Carter, Carter Coughlin, who actually did shine last year as a, a pretty late round pick rookie. And then we have O'Shane Ziminis, who has been very injury prone, but I can see the upside there. So uh, it's almost a no brainer that the Giants are going to go edge rusher in the first three rounds here. Basically, first two rounds is almost guaranteed given how much of a need it is. And uh, how much of a push they actually went for for Rams edge rusher Leonard Floyd. They actually made a very huge push for Leonard Floyd, and uh, we actually didn't end up winning that. So obviously that opened the room for Kenny Galladay and all these other signings, Kyle Rudolph, Andori Jackson, all these other big-name signings. So for the second-round pick here, we're going to go Joseph Asai out of Texas. He is a fabulous fabulous pass rusher he's 6'3 245 pounds and he's a junior coming out this year in the 2021 NFL draft so uh a few things about Joseph Asai he actually struggled his first few years at Texas and it wasn't until his last year uh his junior season where he really shined uh as a pass rusher and he really came into his own now don't get me wrong he is very very raw in pass coverage 
So uh, Patrick Graham might not want him out there if he wants him dropping back in coverage. This is actually one of his biggest deficiencies if you watch his tape uh, about dropping back in coverage, covering a tight end, or just picking up uh, an area over the field. So he actually is very raw in pass coverage, and he's not that good at setting an edge. He has more of a pass rush mentality, so it does make him a little bit of a liability in, run, in the run game because he just wants to get up field and just wants to create a turnover-worthy play, which he did at Texas. He was very good at creating turnovers, and some people called him a turnover machine. Uh, I've seen in a few mock drafts, he's been creeping up into the first round, actually. So to get him here at 42, 43, wherever the Giants are picking, this is also a very good option. I've also seen edge rusher out of Washington, Joe Tryon. I've seen him mock to the Giants a few times here in the second round, and he would also be a fabulous pick. He's uh, better kind of in all aspects of the of a pass rusher instead of a side, but I feel like it's more realistic that a side will be here given that Asai is more raw and Patrick Graham can really work on this guy's game, which will help us out in the long run, given, you know, it's not a spectacular pick per se, but it's something that will at least get Giants fans excited that we have something there, that we have potential there. You have the upside in Joseph Asai. And He's not afraid to sacrifice his body to, like, make a play. He is very ruthless, and he plays with a very high motor, a lot of enthusiasm uh, when he plays the game, which is something that we want, something that we need. We didn't have a pass rusher last year that really could turn a game upside down after Lorenzo Carter and Oshane got uh, injured and put on IR. So this will just beef up that outside linebacker room, that edge room, and, you know, hopefully it turns out to be a pretty good pick. I don't see him being a pro bowler. I don't see him being all pro, but I see him, I just see him working. I see him fitting there and being just fine, which is something that, you know, we can deal with as Giants fans. You know, we're not all high expectations. Obviously, this year, the expectations are different. We went out and spent all this money. Now it's time to win. It's There's no more excuses for Daniel Jones, uh, especially with that first round pick in Rashawn Slater. There definitely should not be any more excuses for losing. We have a great shot at winning this division. And if we don't, something went terribly wrong. So uh, you could say that Kenny Galladay had gotten injured. Dory Jackson got injured. Sterling Shepard missed a lot of time. Whatever you want to say, those might be reasons for us not winning the division, but as of right now, on paper, you know, we should be a playoff team. There is no excuse. So, with the second round pick, the Giants will go Joseph Asai, edge rusher out of Texas. Alright, so our next prospect here is Tay Gowan. He's a cornerback out of UCF. This is our this is gonna be our third round pick here. He's 6'2, 185. Last year he had 31 total tackles. 22 of them were solo tackles, and he had two interceptions. So I just wanna go over a few things here looking at his tape. There was a play in there where he was covering a tight end 
uh, out wide as a wide receiver, and he doesn't look undersized compared to the tight end. As 6'2", you have a ginormous frame, and you're tall enough where you can go against some of these taller receivers, uh, where cornerbacks in the NFL usually linger around 5'11", 6'1". So he already has that size advantage that some of these other corners don't have. And he honestly looks like he's in a completely different weight class against smaller wide receivers. If you really start looking at a few of his plays from last year, um, at UCF he did re- he did run some real NFL coverage concepts. So a lot of college defenses run things you aren't going to see a lot in the NFL. But um, you know he's already experienced this. He's already experienced press mid and uh, dropping into a deep third as part of a cover three shell. So. A lot of this different stuff he has already experienced he already knows so this will translate very very well into the NFL and this is encouraging in terms of like projecting a player who was fairly limited at the college level um, so I mean this like I said translate well and Patrick Graham would love to have someone like him as depth given we just signed a Dory Jackson so I mean this secondary is already very, very nice right now. So just adding Tay Gowan would bolster it even more. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out is that his size and length gives him a very nice chance to make plays at the catch point. He can go up and deflect contested catches, intercept contested catches. He is very, very tall. Like I stated earlier, 6'2", ginormous frame. So he can make plays at that catch point and... This is why the NFL loves corners with the size like Tay Gowan has. It's because they can rely on those corners to make plays like that. So if Bradbury goes down and Dory Jackson gets injured, um, we would much rather have Tay Gowan in there than Isaac Yadam, Ryan Lewis, Sam Beal. Sam Beal, I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to play this year because, or if he even wants to play this year. He might retire actually because... You know, he sat out a whole year. It's really hard to get back into the NFL. I know we have Nate Solder coming back, which is very good out of depth on the offensive line. And I'm very, very positive the Giants will go offensive line, whether that be guard or tackle in the first three rounds this year. Um, but, yeah, Sam Beal, he's unreliable. So, I mean, yeah, Tay Gowan, he has a little bit of uh, concerns where sometimes he relies on his length a little bit too much. When defending a wide receiver, he can get a little, he can get a few steps behind the receiver at times. He can get blown by, uh, but that's something that can be cleaned up and it can be coached. So for the third pick in the 2021 mock draft, we're going to take out. All right, so the next prospect that we have here with the fourth round pick, we have Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson. He's six foot, 210 pounds. Had 53 catches for almost 900 yards, averaging 17 yards per catch last year, and had 7 TDs. So, a few things about Cornell Powell. Obviously, he goes to Clemson. We know Dave Gettleman loves to draft from the SEC, and he loves to draft from these big, big, big schools. And um, we've seen that as a recurring trend every year that he's been our GM. Let's get into Cornell Powell here. He's a nice-sized receiver. He's coming off of a career year. He had a little bit of a slow start uh, to his college career, but he really, really elevated his game last year. Uh, he shows great awareness, 
comes back to the ball to make himself an available target and consistently comes away with a difficult reception, whether that be uh, at the point of attack, uh, a high ball where he's going in for a contested catch, anything like that. He also extends his hands to snatch the ball out of the air. He is very good at that where he can make these contested catch plays while lining up in the slot, uh, at the X, at the outside, anywhere like that. Cornell Powell is is very and vastly underrated in my opinion. Another thing about Cornell Powell is that he exposes himself to big hits and he's not afraid to take these hits. Uh, looking over his tape last year at Clemson, I saw lots of examples where he would go up for a catch and then come down with it and take a humongous hit uh, from another corner. And that's something that you like. That's something that, that shows tenacity and it shows that he's not afraid to play the game. Um, so, you know, that's something that you like. He wins contested throws, and he's also a very good blocker in the run game, which is good for Saquon Barkley. It's good for Devontae Booker. Uh, you like a receiver that likes to run block. Kenny Galladay likes to run block. Darius Slayton likes to run block. Sterling Shepard likes to run block. All of our receivers have to be willing to run block, and Cornell Powell fits that description perfectly. One con of his game is that he plays at one speed and sometimes lacks a second gear. He can't really push himself into overdrive and get the burners going, which is, you know, it can be a flaw, but if you're really only using him at the X and outside for big plays, you know, having a second gear isn't really that big of a deal. Also, he's a fourth he will be a fourth round pick, so you're expecting stuff out of him but not expecting the world out of him. So, like I said, fourth round pick, this is a very, very, very nice fit. And we're bound to take at least one receiver this year. We don't know if Sterling Shepard is coming back next year. This is his last year on his contract. And we have a lot of big, big paydays that we just gave out this year to free agency. And their cap hits are going to be very big next year. So Sterling Shepard might be a cap casualty depending on what the cap salary cap is. So adding a receiver somewhere between the third and fourth round is not the worst idea in the world. I would be very fine with that. I don't, I'm not opposed to drafting one in the first, but I would much rather use that on a position more of quote-unquote need instead of actually just drafting for just a receiver to draft a receiver, if that makes sense. So right here for the fourth round pick, we're going Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson. All right, we're going in here to the sixth round. We got our first six-round pick. We have two six-rounds picked this year. So with our first six-round pick, we're double-dipping at interior offensive line, and we're going with Sedarius Hutcherson, guard, out of South Carolina. He's 6'4", 320 pounds. Something about Sedarius Hutcherson, he's mostly a gap-blocking guard, and he is honestly a project that will need development, obviously, while he Obviously, the reason why he's still here at the sixth round. He spent four years starting for South Carolina, so he's a senior coming out. And he spent extended time at left guard, right guard, and left tackle. So he does have positional versatility, which uh, Rob Sale and 
uh, Joe Judge will like. That's something that they used last year where we had a rotation of guys coming in with Paird and Fleming and Hernandez and Lemieux and uh, just all around the offensive line. Even even at one game with Andrew Thomas, he wasn't able to start because I think he missed or he was late to a Saturday meeting. So, you know, like just positional versatility is something that they're looking for. And in the sixth round, you're going for literally best player available on your board. And so double dipping at guard with someone that could be developed into a not a terrible starter is not a bad decision here. So he is a powerful blocker, has a mauler's mentality, which I like to use when describing offensive linemen. They wish they're strong. They don't care. They like to pull guys in the run game. Um, something that he does need to fix. There's actually a lot of things he needs to fix, but some things he needs to fix. He needs to start maintaining some consistency with his balance, cleans up, cleaning up his timing, placement issues with his hands. You know, there's a lot of stuff that when you look at him play, there's a lot of stuff that points out that's not that good. So, as a six-round talent, this is a very nice depth piece that could turn into a valuable starter. Look, he has the traits to be a starter, okay? At 6'4", 320, playing guard, this is very nice. All right, he already has a nice build. If he can clean up a bit of his technique, he could be a starter in two years. Who knows? Will Hernandez, the team is not high on Will Hernandez. I can guarantee you he will be gone next offseason. So adding Rashawn Slater, adding Sedarius Hutcherson, just these two death pieces. We've seen Dave Gettleman is not afraid to double dip out of position. Last year, Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert, both offensive tackles. He double dipped in the first and third round. So why not double dip on Daniel Jones' make it, break it year at guard? We already have Pert, who I'm pretty confident in this year that he will be the starter. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall pick. We're expecting big things out of Andrew Thomas. Nick Gates had a very nice, nice year last year at center. So it's just the guards. Shane Lemieux has the upside, but we need a right guard. So whether that be Rashawn Slater, whether that be Sidarius Hutcherson, Zach Fulton, who they just added from the Texans in free agency, or whether it be Will Hernandez, we don't know. I'm pretty confident that Shane Lemieux will start next season. So it's just a matter of who will play the other guard position. That is a big question mark right now for the team. So why not double dip at guard and see how it plays out? If he doesn't, if he's not good, cut him. Uh, training camp. It's that simple. He's a six-round pick. It's a developmental pick. So we're going to Darius Hutcherson guard out of South Carolina. All right. So with the last pick in the sixth round mock draft. We're going Elijah Mitchell, running back out of University of Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns. He's 5'10", 215 pounds. Watching this guy on tape, he will be a sleeper in this draft. And for him to be here in the sixth round, this is a very, very solid pickup. He had 46 total touchdowns and 4,000 yards from scrimmage over his four years at the University of Louisiana. So that's pretty much 1,000 yards a season. And 46 total touchdowns is not bad. That's pretty good. While combined, while he's competing for time with two other starting caliber running backs there at Louisiana. So for him to be putting up these numbers is very good. Um, a few things about Elijah Mitchell. 
he could be a very good third option behind Saquon and Devontae Booker. Uh, we only have two real running backs on this roster right now, so for them to add a third one with the last pick in the sixth round, like that's that's a very nice pickup. Why not get a running back in the sixth round? We're not going to get one one through five, so I would be happy with a running back out of either of our sixth round picks. We only have two running backs on the roster. He's explosive, has pass catching ability, which Devontae Booker has, Saquon Barkley has. We would not be missing a beat if one of them were to go down. And honestly, he's mostly just a depth piece, depth piece that complements the other two backs. He has some abilities that Devontae Booker doesn't have. Uh, Devontae Booker obviously is the best in pass protection out of all of our running backs, but we have a number two overall pick in Saquon Barkley. So I'm honestly feeling very good about our running back room if we add Elijah Mitchell. I guarantee you guys that we will be adding a running back sometime in this draft or we will sign an undrafted free agent at the end of the draft. Um, I can almost guarantee you guys that. We have practice squad players at running back, but only two real running backs on the roster and you almost need three. We had last year, we had Alfred Morris, Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, and Saquon Barkley before Saquon got hurt. Uh, so, you know, and honestly, don't count out Devontae Freeman, who we also had. So our running back room went through a lot of changes last year. Uh, so if we add Elijah Mitchell, I'm feeling a lot better about that running back room. It's solid, and Elijah Mitchell just compliments the other backs. He'll be a sleeper in this draft, and if the Giants can grab him, I'll be pretty happy about that. So with the last pick, we're going Elijah Mitchell running back out of University of Louisiana. Okay, well, we've made it to the end of the podcast here. If you guys have stuck with me this whole entire time, if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Give this five-star review, whatever you have to do. Get the word out there. This is my first podcast, so I'd appreciate you guys getting the word out. You guys can follow me on Twitter at GiantsArmyPod and DM me. Have any questions that you guys have, or just DM me any podcast ideas that you guys want me to do or talk about. If we have a new free agent signing, I'll cover it on here. If we have any new significant Giants news, I will cover it on here. And I'll also be doing more mock drafts. I'll be giving you guys in-depth details like I did today on specific players coming out of the draft. So uh, if you guys, like I said, have stuck with me this whole time, make sure to follow me on Twitter. Uh, and I'll be talking to a few, guys, a few of you guys over there. Thank you so much.